Hey, welcome to the Me Show Mission. Two men, one podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. You've been waiting for so long. <laughs> I forget the rest of the words, but that's the song. Someone let Lynn make the We've been on his waiting own. for so long. Poured like half a bag of sugar. I don't it. know the words, but that's that song. Press Central Station is the name of our group. Oh. WDAS is what we're listening to. All right, that's enough. All right, right, right. right. <laughs> that was real local. That was real that local. Was real local. I realized how local it was after I started. Right. But I started. Right. It's and like I couldn't a stop. Local radio station and <laughs> it's a jingle from. Do they even use that jingle anymore? No. WDAS. Yeah. In Philadelphia. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't use that anymore. Anyway, so we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Live. We are back. We are back. There they are. There they go. There they go. There they go. There they go. There they is. There it is. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, streaming live for you tonight as we are streaming via StreamYard to all of our fans out there on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, um, all over. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, one and all. And we are bringing for you tonight a review as we close out Halloween month just in time. Last week, previously on the Michelle Mission, gave you a double header as we replayed our review of Blade and Blade 2 just so that we could sit down tonight and delight you with our thoughts on 2004's Blade Trinity. Blade Trinity, yes, indeed. Starring Wesley Snipes. Yes. As well as Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Jessica Biel. Yes. Chris Christopherson. Yes. Sort of. (laughs) Dominic Purcell. Yes. As you've never seen him before. No. And in a film written and directed by David Goyer. Yes. But before we get to that, yes, as you know, that we were gone for two weeks, two uh, weeks. Yes, we were, ladies and gentlemen, as um, we went on a little bit of a hiatus as Vincent and family were attending to some very personal issues. And I just want to extend as we all have our heartfelt um, uh, prayers and thoughts to you and your family. Yes. Thank you very much. And and I very much appreciate all of the kind words and wishes that were extended to my family, both online and off. Mm-hmm. You, you know, uh, uh, I've said this before. I will continue to say it. The Michelle mission and the community that we have built is indeed a blessing. Amen. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the well wishes, all the prayers. And I'm happy to be back. Yes. And they are happy to have us back. Uh, ashy feet sitting us up. Yo, we're black on the mission. We're black on the mission. We keep it real black. Much love to Damon Williams hey. as well. What's up, my brother? Yeah. Mad love to you. Pharaoh Blackwell, of course, if we are here, that means that he is rocking his Derville Martin <laughs> swag. Ready to do this. The war continues. Um, and he also says, 
See what happens when you got to worry about sample clearances. <laughs> yes, that means I'm going to sing. Yeah. To which Camellia says, sing, Len. So uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I might break something else. Well, out later well on. I was about to say, allow me to whip it out. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> ah! Yeah. Oh, it's been so long. Yes. Um. But, ladies and gentlemen, we it, it has been long, but we come bearing good news. Yes. Um, right, I think it was maybe like not long after we we were last on air. Uh, yeah, I think it was because uh, not long after that, it was the New York Comic Con. And it was at New York Comic Con that it was announced that the, the uh, novel by Octavia Butler, mm-hmm. Kindred. Right. Yes, sir. Uh, from the Hugo Award-winning Octavia E. Butler. Yes, sir. Will be a FX series debuting in December. Yes, indeed. Only on Hulu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I that now you are not only a someone who has read and 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 loved the book. Yes. But a huge Octavia Butler fan. In fact, you actually like you know you I knew Octavia. I, Butler? I met I met Octavia Butler a couple of times. My my graduate work was actually devoted to Octavia Butler. Mm-hmm. Like my dissertation was on Octavia Butler. So I, I I'm I'm deep deep up in Octavia Butler world. So how excited were you for this news? I am very excited, and and I'm so excited that I'm actually guarded because. Mm. I've had my heart broken so many times over the years about Octavia Butler projects. Yeah. That yeah. until I actually see it come on, I'm not going to believe it. I hear you. But but to be fair, this is the first one that has, you know, like progressed to the point where they've given it a release. It, it has. It's never gotten this far. No. I, 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 I'm, I, I remain cautious, though, because I haven't seen a trailer. That's true. Like it's just that picture. It's the picture, Mm -hmm. and it says Kindred, Mm -hmm. and then it says when it's coming out. So I'm still. I've been hurt so many times in the past. (laughs) We don't want to hurt you anymore, Vincent. But I'm very excited, and then certainly, if there was a novel that I would choose to adapt first, it would be Kindred. Yes. Now, those who are not familiar with Kindred, Kindred tells the story of a young aspiring writer who discovers secrets about her family's past when she finds herself mysteriously being pulled back and forth in time to a 19th century plantation. That's right. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's got like time travel. It's, it's very much got time travel. And uh, it's, it's, I, I, I haven't read the book. Right. Um, but I've, I know almost every person in my orbit has. Yes. And, and, they, and you absolutely should read the book. Well, I, I've been told that. Yeah, yes. Well, well, here's the thing. Oh, Lord. No. This, How is there a here's the thing well, because, for read a book? Because, because I'm about to tell you. Because the series is about to come out. Yes, but you should read the book so that you're prepared for the series. And then you can compare and contrast if there have been some changes that they've made and I don't want to compare and contrast. I want to know the the story. I, people will tell me whether or not there are, are contrasting. You don't want elements. to be obnoxious like all the House of the Dragon people? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Who've spent half of their time over the past few months talking about how it's deviated from the source material. It hasn't deviated that far from it, from what I understand. Oh, there's, there have been a couple of there's deviations. Been a few. Yeah, there have been, been a, few. a couple of deviations. But, you know, 
I've enjoyed House of the Dragon. Right, right. But but for all of those out there who are in huge kindred fans, the Michelle Mission has news for you. Yes. Right before we turn on the cameras. Yeah. I got Vincent to agree, and I didn't have to get him in a headlock for this. Right, right. It was a little arm twisting. Not much. Very little. Not little, yeah. Very little. The Michelle Mission will be putting together a kindred podcast yes to listen to side by side well not side by side it'd be like next couple of days after um but a kindred podcast where we will sit down and review the kindred tv series and compare and contrast and compare and show and the book right right and we actually have a couple of uh cool hosts who are going to be joining us in that endeavor we haven't picked out a name for the show yet sure i'll sure. leave all you octavia heads to come up with that um but we are really looking forward to that i can't wait because this is how i take in this type of media because i only read comic books so <laughs> well you know there is a kindred graphic novel there is and i started to purchase it and th- by the time i went to go get it it was sold out it's a good adaptation too. i'm actually going to baltimore comic-con this weekend okay so i will be actively looking for yeah that. so if i do cop a copy of the yeah. kindred oh, yeah. graphic novel then i will read the kindred graphic novel okay before the 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 series okay okay so that way i can so that way oh that'll be cool that'll be cool so the three of you you and our two other hosts mm-hmm. to, to be named next week right you can compare and contrast the show with the book and i can compare and contrast with the graphic novel can i get in on the graphic novel talk to do you have the graphic novel of course of course <laughs> It's like we don't even. It's like we yes, to a show. Yes, yes. For six years, did you not hear me just say <laughs> I have an actual PhD in Octavia Butler? <laughs> yes, I'm familiar with the graphic novel. <laughs> Do you have the graphic? <laughs> yes, yes, Lynn. I've, 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 yes. Okay. All right. So. All right. So, so, all right. So there. All right. All right. Cool. So anyway, yes, yes. <laughs> so look forward to that coming up yeah, in December yeah. here on the Michelle Mission feed. So it'll be right on the feed. It'll so be if right on the feed of a subscriber to our podcast, you won't miss it. We don't have listener mail for you over these uh, past two weeks, uh, but we do have new reviews on Apple Podcasts. Oh, nice. As we are inching our way to 200 reviews, ladies and gentlemen, we're trying to get to 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts by the end of the year. You can feel, please help us out. Go to Apple Podcasts, Me Show Mission, and leave us a five-star rating, but even more importantly, a review, because those are the ones that count ticking up. All about the algorithm, All about that algorithm. All about the algorithm. All about it. Um... We have uh, a review from Ike Zilla. Hey, Ike. Titled The Coolest. Oh, nice. Wait, is he talking about us or something else? <laughs> well, it's a review of our show. Okay, all right. I'm so I'll go out on a limb, not scanning forward. We, you shouldn't jump us. the gun now. No. Right, go ahead. 
the coolest black men covering all things black cinema, a perfect combo to soothe your soul, educate your mind, and embrace with a laugh. Oh, thank you, Ike. That's a good review. Yeah, that is good. Appreciate that. Very good review. And we also heard from ABCE765. Hey, ABCE765. Nothing but love for Michelle Mission. Nice. Love these guys. So passionate and knowledgeable. Wishing them continued success on future missions. Mr. Michaud would be very proud indeed. Oh, well, we hope so. Thank we you. We hope so. Thank you. Appreciate that. That is dope. That is very dope. All right. All right. So let's get into the show, the meat of the show. The meat of the show. As it were, ladies and gentlemen. And and boy, Benson, I love you, but I have been waiting so long. Okay. <laughs> I, I I have. I have, my, my, my friend. I have been waiting so long to debut tonight's top five. Top five. Who's your top five? Top, top five, five, ladies and gentlemen. This is when I come up five. with a crazy top five. You've been Benson tells five. me how crazy I am for this. I am, now, and I will. Now, tonight's top five, Vincent, top five. it has to do with Blade Trinity. Okay. Now, this is the third uh, Blade movie. Yes. Uh, the, starring Wesley Snipes. And in this one, the vampire hunter famously goes up against the most famous vampire of them all, who would be Count Chocula, but also Count Dracula. Count Dracula. Count Dracula. Count Dracula. Nice. Side note. Yes. Here's an aside, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Um, you know what I what little bit of a well I fell in again this week? What? I was watching on YouTube and I was looking up like blade stuff. Sure, sure, sure. And sure enough, you know, it kind of points you to Dracula. Of because course. He fights Dracula in this movie. Yes. But then as YouTube algorithms points me to Dracula, it points me to the history of the monster serials. Wow. <laughs> because of Count Chocula. Because of Count Chocula, who actually does make an appearance in this film. He does. Yeah. He does. So I then, I, of course, had to watch the Look. history of the monster series. Look, absolutely. Now, do you know? No. Do, wait, a, wait a minute. I'm so excited to hear this. <laughs> do you know all of the monster serials that there have been? Okay, let, let's see. We've got Count Chocula, of course. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and put Booberry in because that's the one I, don't, I would forget. The Booberry. The Booberry. That's the, the blue one. Mm -hmm. You've got Frankenberry. Frankenberry, which is the strawberry. Which is strawberry. What was the werewolf's name? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. The werewolf was Fruit Brute. Fruit Brute. Yes. Yeah. Probably wouldn't make it out of marketing in 2022. He didn't last long on the market. Yeah. And then when they brought Fruit uh, Fruit Brute back, yeah. Um, they changed the mascot from oh. a werewolf to a multicolored mummy. 
Right. Whose name was I don't know, Laffy Taffy? I don't know. Right, right. I didn't right. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Right, right. I guess he was the fruit brute. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. Know. Like I'm saying Frankenberry, but Frankenberry was actually part of the big three. Well, like it was count, it was always Count Chocula. It was, it was Frankenberry. It was and, first Frankenberry and Count Chocula. Right. And then um Booberry. Booberry. That's what Booberry. I meant. Yeah, Booberry. Yeah. Now, did you did you know? Did you hear what happened with Frankenberry, which got the government involved? I have, as soon as you said, <laughs> I stumbled into the history of the monster cereals. I got super excited because what I realized is I don't know anything about the history of the monster, which seems like something I would have picked up over the years. Frankenberry okay. is infamous because back in like the early 70s, because I think these came out like late 60s or something. Yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Like they were well established by the time we were A young mother cereals. took her sons to the hospital because for like a couple of days straight, for some strange reason, his stool was pink. I have heard this. Yeah. And the doctors couldn't figure out what it was until they realized that he had eaten Frankenberry cereal every day, like every day for like a couple of days leading right. up to the doctor visit. Yeah. So because of this phenomena, <laughs> they had to change the like formula. Sure. Sure. For Frank. No, no. They had, yes, they had to change the formula ultimately for Frankenberry, but the food coloring that they were using, that particular food coloring now had to come with a warning saying that it would it'll turn your poop pink. <laughs> it's a real highbrow show we have here. It's highbrow, real, real highbrow. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Well, there you go. Well, there you go. So then I went down. Yeah. Oh, look, man. You the, know the root of yeah, uh, the chocolate series. Now, so anyway, so I was looking up Dracula's. Okay, of course, because Dracula appears in Blade Trinity. Yes, he does. And we'll talk about Dracula and Blade Trinity when we get to the review. Right, 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 right. So that made me start thinking about the best Dracula performances. The best performances of Dracula. Who's your favorite Dracula performance? What's your favorite Dracula? Performance? Um, you know what. You old school. I I I gotta go with Lugosi. Bella Lugosi. I gotta go with Bella Lugosi. Yeah. Like I wanted to be slick, real. Like I would like as you said it. I was trying to be slick, but in my heart, I'm a Bella Lugosi man. You know, I want to be a Bella Lugosi man. Okay. I like Bella Lugosi. Yeah. But I think as far as having the same energy as Frank uh, as uh, Lugosi, but a better actor. Mm-hmm. I like Frank Langella. The movie's not good. See, here, here is my childhood bias, though. Yeah. I saw that as a kid, and that movie scared the bejesus. Yeah, but it's not good. It's not that great. But he's good. He's, I think is he? <laughs> yes, he is. I think he's not bad in it. I, I, think, I think he's my I favorite. Think, uh, I actually think uh, Cushing is better than him. Cushing's not bad either. No, I think he's better than Frank Lagella. He probably is. I'm yeah. saying he's my favorite. Okay, okay. I'm he's my favorite. All right. You know, and I'm not saying he's the best. Look, your favorite is your favorite. He's, okay. He's my All favorite. Right. Okay. We, we're not stepping on your top five, are we? No, we're not stepping on okay. your top five. All right. Because I realize that we 
going like top five best Draculas. One, there's Dracula's been performed forever. Oh yeah, in 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 media, and it gets really really subjective. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think there will be any argument over the top five Lacula performers. <laughs> this is a good one. This is a good one. Looking forward to this. These are the top five worst Dracula performers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> I might fight you on one. I have a feeling I know one that's going to show up that I like. Go ahead. Oh, I doubt it. Let's see. Number five. Number five. All right. Number five is Richard Roxborough. Richard Roxburg, excuse me, from Van Helsing from 2004. Did you see Van Helsing? I did, and with, I have zero memory of it. Yes, that is the the Hugh Jackman, right, right, who, where he's got like the state guns. Yeah, yeah. Van Helsing is is, is right. Steampunk Van Helsing. Steampunk Van Helsing. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. right. And it, this Dracula, if you look at the guy's face. <laughs> Does he look like he? You know what he reminds me of, and I think it every time I look at this movie because Van Helsing is not a good movie. Say, how many times have you seen Van Helsing? Van Helsing is not a good movie, but it's one of them dumb movies that when it comes on, I say, "Ah, eh, watch this dumb movie." Yeah, and I, while I'm doing something else, I don't sit down and like <laughs> marinate on it. But I, it's something dumb to put on. It, it fits that bill. Look, all right. Look, it fits that bill. Look. And it does because I like Hugh Jackman, so I can get off on I'll Hugh Jackman in that for movie. Two weeks, so I'm gonna try and be but, friendly, and but kind. it doesn't work because then you got Richard Roxburgh. Oh, that's why it doesn't work. Who looks like a three dollar <laughs> professor from Gilligan's Island? He does look like someone just wandered into the set. <laughs> hey, man, put this cape on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it looks like the the dentist that that wandered into yeah. Plan Nine from Outer Space. Right, 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 over. right. Exactly. <laughs> Who would have been a contender, but he's not playing Dracula. No, he's not. So no, he's not. Right, so that's my number five. Okay, that's your number five. All right. All right. I got no problem with that because I have no memory of him. All right. Number four. Number four. Gerard Butler from Dracula <laughs> 2000. Now, I've never seen this. Oh. <laughs> Consider yourself lucky. There's, there's there was there was you know what? The fact that it had 2000 in the title. <laughs> it's never a good sign. I said, oh, yeah, that's going to be some nonsense. There's, it's never a good sign. Has there ever been a movie, uh, something that has 2000 in the title? Right. And it was good. Right. I don't think so. Now, Dracula 2000, for those who <laughs> don't know, I'm going to give you give you the statistics on it. Uh, with stars Gerard Butler. It was from the year 2000, as I, as I told you. Um, and it also starred... Your one of your favorite Draculas, Christopher. No, no, that's Christopher Lee. Uh, Christopher Plummer, uh, as Van Helsing imprisoned Count Dracula within a vault inside uh Carfax Abbey. In present day, Van Helsing relies on Dracula's immortal blood to remain alive, but of course, things go awry, right? So it actually takes place in the year 2000, right? At, at any point during the film, does Mario Van Peebles show up? <laughs> And say, we need some new Jack Van Helsings for Dracula 2000. <laughs> this isn't the old Dracula. This is Dracula 2000. 
are the words Dracula in 2000 ever put together at any point in the film? No, they're not. They're not. See, it's such a missed opportunity. See, it's a missed opportunity. It's a missed opportunity. Perhaps if you had written the script. <sighs> that's what they're waiting for. Come on, Hollywood. Give me a call. All right. All right. Number three. Number three. So far, I've had no opinion on either of these. <laughs> on our tour through the Lacula yes. performances. <laughs> Number three. John Carradine in Billy the Kid versus Dracula. Yeah, I don't know if I, I, I like Billy Kid versus Dracula. You're gonna get on me about Van Helsing and you like Billy the Kid. You know versus what? Dracula. This actual picture of John Carradine is better than Van Helsing. No, it's not. <laughs> this is a fun movie. It's not. It's this not. is a fun, is not a fun movie. movie okay, it's Billy the Kid versus Dracula. In 1966, they knew exactly what they were making. Oh yes, it's a campy, yes, romp, but it's not. This is a fun movie. Yeah, I don't. I didn't fight it. Fine. I, I'm I not. Found yeah, that, I found uh, that movie very boring and tedious. I protest him on this list. Okay, you protest. Him? All right. All right. Well, what list are you putting him on? Is he on the top? He's top five. I mean, he's not the top five Draculas. Okay, you know, top thirty. <laughs> You want to tell the people about Billy the Kid versus Dracula? About the intricate plot of Billy, Kid, <laughs> Billy the Kid versus Dracula? Uh, let me pull that up because Billy the Kid versus Dracula. I didn't think I'd, I'd, I'd get there with Billy the Kid versus Dracula, but I will get there with, from 1966. Um Dracula travels to the American West. Yes. Intent on making a beautiful ranch owner his next victim. That's right. Her fiance, however is Billy the Kid. That's right. She likes the bad boys. <laughs> no. This, oh my God. I can't believe you like that movie. Anyway, number two. <laughs> number two. Number two. Richard Engel in Dracula <laughs> versus Frankenstein in 1971. I have never seen this. Now, like his cloak, though. Yeah, but you you're not going to like his afro. Oh, why does he have an afro? He has an afro. Th this might as well be Welcome Back, Cotter versus Frankenstein. This man, if you see this movie, looks exactly like Gabe Kaplan. Mm. Now, when I was a when they, I was, a they said we want a Gabe Kaplan type. <laughs> when I was a wee lad, yes traveling into my local video store and just happy that they would rent me videos. Yes. I saw Dracula versus Frankenstein sitting there. Yes. And if I remember, the cover was illustrated. Right? Okay. Oh, you so, got caught out. So I got caught out. I was you like, got oh, caught out. This looks fun. It was exciting. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. no, Taking it home. It's like, oh, it's this 1970s, you know. It's right. Cool, right. Dracula versus Frankenstein. Oh my God, man! This movie is so horrible. Frankenstein, like, has like this, like, cloth face with like stitching in it. Nice. Um, I told you, Dracula. He's got a uh, an afro. I mean, he's got a Doctor J afro. Okay. In this joint, um, it is it is just bonkers. Bon it, it they literally look like they sh they shot this and paid the actors in donuts okay all right it is it is horrible it is horrible as a matter of fact robert engel got the job got the role of dracula because they said he looks good in the cloak 
It's not, it's not a bad picture. Not because he can act. Right, right, right. He right. was not an actor. No, no, no. I hear you. It's not a bad picture. But he, he was horrible. All right. All right. And yet, he was only number two. Only number two. Because number one, number on the one, list of Laculas. And this is going to be con- this is going to be controversial. Uh oh, here we go. Al Lewis in Munsters Go Home. Does he actually? Is he actually Dracula? Not only is he actually Dracula, Grandpa from the Munsters. Yeah. As my research has learned, because I I remember <laughs> him saying that early one time in the show, but not so I wanted to check. Yeah. Not only is he he's Dracula. His actual name, like in the series. Right, right. His government. His government is Sam Dracula. (laughs) And for that reason alone, (laughs) he is number one. Sam Dracula. Okay. They couldn't come up with anything better than I guess that's why they never used it. Yeah. Yeah. Series. Yeah. I thought you were going to have um, what's love at first bite? Oh, George Hamilton. I thought you were going to have George Hamilton on. Of course, is he is he actually playing Dracula? No, he is playing in, Dracula. in love at first. He is right. Playing... So I thought you were going to have George Hamilton. The on reason here, why I didn't, and have... I was going to fight you. No, no, no. See, I wouldn't have him on there because, and I'm not a, the hugest George Hamilton fan at all, but that movie knows exactly what it is. Yes. And and for what it is, I don't. I mean, it's not a great movie, right? But it, it's 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 fun. It, it's better than Billy the Kid versus Dracula. It, it, it is better than Billy the Kid versus Dracula. So I wouldn't have that on. Okay, on there. All right. Uh, you know, so I was gonna fight you. Nah. All right. Nah, nah. So so that was the one you. That was the one I was thinking about because you know I know you are a hater of all things joy and happiness. So <laughs> I was like, this film brought me joy and happiness. So Lynn probably hates it. No. <laughs> I enjoyed that movie when I saw it when I was a kid. Right. It came out like 80 something. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is cool. Yeah, like 84. This is cool. Now, what I didn't like was Zorro the Gay Blade. Isn't that so funny that you thought about that when you thought about Love at First Bite? Because it, that's George Hamilton. Because it's too. also George Hamilton, too. Yeah. I love Zorro the Gay Blade. No. I do. No, um, no Vince. Strangely progressive. <laughs> mm. Well, okay, because he's super flamboyant, obviously, but he he was he was whooping people's ass. He was no joke. Like he wouldn't act like multicolored, right? Like people took him for bad. Yeah, yeah. Don't let all them scarves and stuff fool you. You you (laughs) come up short. (laughs) Mess around with Zorro the Gay Blade. Ah, you crazy. You are crazy. Um, let's see. Um, Michelle Mission, very surprised that there's not a mention of Eddie Murphy or Snoop Dogg. Neither one of them played Dracula. They weren't Dracula. They were vampires. Yeah. That's that's the difference. Right, right, right. Lynn, Lynn is, Lynn is actually playing this one straight. That's why I asked about Al Lewis. I didn't know he actually played Dracula. And that's why I I wouldn't look him up. No. And, and even, and even with that, I still wouldn't have considered them because like let's say this was worst vampire performances right you i don't think either it up a little bit yeah I, I don't think either of those performances are bad yeah eddie murphy's wig is ridiculous oh is it oh oh no it is i mean because to me 
I thought he was trying to look like Ashford Simpson. Well, and he succeeded. Yeah, the wig was ridiculous. And Ashford Simpson, everyone knows, is a vampire. Right, 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 right. But his performance is not bad. And Snoop is actually kind of cool in Bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both films that we've reviewed. Both films that we reviewed. Going to the archives. Yes, check it out. Mm -hmm. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Um, So, no, I I wouldn't put that. And another reason why I wouldn't put William Marshall. He he doesn't play Dracula. Oh, and right. And William Marshall is actually really good as Blackula. In the first one. In the first one. He does his best in the second one. (laughs) You tried. You tried your... Gotta give him that cake from The Simpsons. You tried your best. (laughs) Very, very cool. Um, Oh, Nick Ashford. I said Ashford Simpson. Nick Ashford. (laughs) Right. They're both dramatic. Right, right, right. Ashford Simpson is is like... uh, It's like a law firm here in Philadelphia. (laughs) It's like Asherick Simpson, uh, Jenkins and Jenkins. <laughs> okay. All right. So that was the top five. All right. Here we go. Here we go. With the game of kings. Uh-oh. That's the key. Six Degrees of Durbel Martin, Six where Vincent will attempt to get from actors of my choice to 70s heartthrob and action hero Durbel. Yes. Martin. Yes. Vincent, are you ready? I'm a little rusty, but I'm going to give it the old college try. Okay. Now, All right. Let's see what we got. I'm telling you right now. Okay. The movie Blade Trinity is off the table. All right. <laughs> so. Because it's, it, it's at least... <laughs> two people in this that but go ahead i'll see what i can do all right all right this for both of them it's off the table for both of them yeah oh boy all right so a little rocky all right you want to slow walk this or you want to come in hard look look look, look, let's jump in the deep end let's jump Jump in the the deep end jump in the deep end and then we'll see how it goes with the second one okay all right what we got Get in six movies or less six movies or less dervell martin dervell martin two two John Higgins, John Michael Higgins, to be fair. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. John Michael Higgins. I will get to him this way. Mm. The funny thing is, the way I'm going to get to him, I'm wondering who your second person is. Derville Martin. Is in. I'm gonna pull out my keys real quick. So Dervo Martin is in five on the black hand side with Dick Anthony Williams, who's in Mo Better Blues with Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. who's in He Got Game with Rosario Dawson, who's in Josie and the Pussycats with Parker Posey. Who's in Best in Show with John Michael Higgins? Very good. Very good, Vincent. And, uh, of course, Parker Posey is also in Blade Trinity. She is. Right. So I didn't know if she was going to be your second one or not. No. Okay. I figured you were going to go that route. All right. Go ahead. Way too Go ahead. All right. So, secondly, very good. Thank you. In six movies or less, get from Dervell Martin. Dervell Martin, too. 
damn, I knew Jessica you was, Biel. I knew you were going to pick <laughs> this nondescript. <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to pick her because I don't know nothing she was in on in the movies except this. She's been in a few. A few? You say it like she just hasn't had a career. Uh, like I know she was on TV. She's been in a few movies. Oh my god, what was she in besides this? Um, I'm looking at her filmography right now, and without giving you any clues, she was in how many of these movies I think you've seen? One. Uh, oh. Possibly because I feel like she was always in something at a beach or something with a bikini on, and like that was her whole. Oh, my. I I believe she was in t- at least possibly three films that really that I think you know. Like I, you know, I don't know. Oh, one I'm fairly certain you've seen. You're just not thinking about it right now, and and. The only clue I can give you is a film that came out that when it came out, it got confused and even now still gets confused with another similar film that came out around the same time. That's not a clue at all. How is that a clue? It's how many films get compared to one another? Lots. Okay. All right. That that came out uh, like around the same time. So think of those things. <laughs> okay. It's not, it's not lots. It's maybe like three or four. I don't know nothing this white woman was in. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a hint. What is the last thing she was in? Oh, I knew you were going to pick. I don't think the last movie she was black in is going to help hole you. Of a... I don't think that's going to help you. I'm going to give you a clue for that movie that I'm talking okay. about. Okay. Okay. A one word clue. Okay. Oh, okay. Escape. Yeah, that's not, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. that's not doing it. That's not doing it at all. What's the movie it gets confused with? Um, it gets confused with a. Can you tell me the name of the movie? No, it, okay, I'll tell you it. It gets confused with the Prestige. Yeah. That's not, yeah, because did that, you see the Prestige? That's the Chris Nolan one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I so she was in a magician movie. Yes. Wait, is she in Now You See Me? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gonna have to tell me something she was in. I like I know for a fact. Yeah, I'm not going nowhere looking at Jessica Biel. Um, Quite honestly. It, in, in full disclosure, I pretty actively avoided her because she infuriated me so much in this. I mean, that wasn't her fault. Um, the movie I'm thinking about is what? The Illusionist. Yeah, I never saw The Illusionist. Oh, really? Oh, it's a great movie. Oh, for God's sake. Who's in The Illusionist? Jessica Biel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ed Norton. I mean, you know, I can do. I mean, hell, I'll do Ed Norton the and same. Paul Giamatti, right? I, I'll do Ed Norton the, the same way I just went. Like, get me all the way back to Rosaria Dawson, and she's in um Twenty Fifth Hour with Ed Norton, and then Ed Norton apparently is in The Illusionist with Jessica <laughs> Biel. 
it, like I'm telling you, Vince, if you saw the um the illusionist, I think you would enjoy it. Did you like the prestige? I did, but that's Chris Nolan. Okay, but I'm just saying. like I didn't like the prestige because of magic. I liked it because of Chris Nolan. Well, I mean like I like Chris Nolan movies. Okay. Who but, directed The Illusionist? Uh The Illusionist was directed by Neil Berger. Yeah. No, it really is. I mean, I'm gonna take your word for it, but just understand there was nothing about the illusionist that when I saw the ads for, and I like Ed Norton, mm-hmm. but Ed Norton is not gonna get me to the movie. Ah, and Paul Giamatti. That Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti got yeah, me that's that. yeah. I like so that. yeah. What else was she in? All right, she was in that. She was also in what was the other movie I thought you may have seen? Um, she was in uh, Next with N- Nicolas Cage. <laughs> You didn't where he like can see like the future. Right. You didn't you didn't see that? No. Uh he was she was she was, she was in um the A team. The, the movie version of the A team. Yes. Yeah. And she was also in the remake of Total Recall. <laughs> she is this close to a B movie actress. She was. She got a hell of an agent. Well, I mean, she's she's married. She married to Justin Timberlake. They raising. She raising his babies. Oh well, I'm I'm. I'm she well, was in. Well, I now pronounce it. you Chuck and Larry, <laughs> with uh, Adam Sandler and Kevin James. I've not seen any of these movies, <laughs> and I feel no shame about not seeing anything that you've just named. <laughs> I thought maybe you saw this movie. She was in a Cameron Crow movie. Elizabeth Town. <laughs> I'd also like to point out she was not the star of anything you just named. What is her earlier? Like, is she third build of anything you just named? She's third build in uh, The Illusionist. How is she third? So <laughs> she's third build under Ed Norton. So and, Paul Paul and then it's her. Well, then it leads. Is there anybody else in the movie? Is it just the three of them? I mean, there's other people in the movie, of course. She's not the she's the, she's the top female. She was in stealth. She's down on her. No, she's 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 second lead in that, listed after Josh Lucas, above Jamie Foxx. She's listed above Jamie Foxx in stealth. He probably is just a cameo. Or something. I, don't, I, don't I thought that was his movie. That's the one with the plane, right? Yeah. I well, I'm I'm looking at stealth, and her name is listed second. There, all right, all right. And that's not alphabetical order. All right. There's there's no one on earth that thinks of stealth and says, let me go see the Jessica Biel movie, Stealth. Okay, well, nevertheless. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I was over here thinking, oh, God, please don't pick Jessica Biel. <laughs> she was a voice in Planet 51. Oh, forget. All right, yes. All right, all right. well, all right, well. You, you did it. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she infuriated me so much in this movie. Ah, I mean, anyway, okay, all right. <clears throat> so that was Six Degrees of Derville Martin, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Jessica Beale. That was she was a good one. I can't make it easy. No, this. no, you can't. But you know, all right, there you go, Jessica Beale. <laughs> all right. <laughs> 
let's get into our review of Blade Trinity. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. Solution. You can't win this war alone. Who the hell are you people? My father meant for us to help you. Whistler's daughter. What the hell makes you think you know about hunting vampires? Just for starters, I used to be one. and stopping them now. It's me. Blade Trinity, a 2004 American superhero horror film written and directed by David S. Goyer, starring Wesley Snipes with co-stars Ryan Reynolds, Jessica Biel, Chris Christopherson, and Dominic Purcell. Blade has been framed for numerous murders by the vampire leader Danica Talos and her squad. Blade must team up with a band of rogue vampire hunters to save humanity from his most challenging enemy yet, Dracula. This movie, which is the third in the Blade trilogy was released in december of 2004 where it would go on to amass 132 million dollars off of a 65 million dollar budget yet received mostly negative reviews from critics is our selection for this our final night of halloween 2022 here on the Michelle mission vincent what say you of blade trinity Blade Trinity is a film that is most or more infamous for the behind the scenes mm. events than for the film itself. And certainly as we talk this evening, I'm sure we'll spend some time talking about those behind the scenes things. But of course, we have to talk about the film itself before we get to it. And as will come to no surprise to anyone, I thought Blade Trinity was terrible. Ooh, terrible. It is, it is unfocused. The script is pedestrian at best. Mm. It is um, Wesley Snipes as Blade. And, you know, this is a third outing as Blade sleepwalks. Through this film, he's almost doing Blade cosplay. <laughs> the introduction of new sexy characters is 
awkward and encumbered. The the action sequences are by the numbers. We we were talking earlier. You and I were talking earlier about a film that was out that is out now, and and you mentioned that some of the action quote looked like almost a CW show. Yeah, which the action in here is not that sharp. Which again, you have Wesley Snipes, who we've talked about previously in the other two installments of this series, who is himself a special effect. So that's a waste. And there, there, there are any number of reasons why this film is the failure that it is. But the one thing that I will add to the narrative of Blade Trinity, and I'm so glad that, that my partner Lynn holding it down the past couple of months, and he put together the, the double bill of our reviews of Blade 1 and Blade 2, I will now add this to that conversation and say, while Blade Trinity is a bad film, I think Blade Trinity continues a trend that we both talked about in Blade 2. This trend where there is this, regardless of what you believe actually happened behind the scenes, I'm just talking about what's on the screen. What is reflected on the screen is this really base level of disrespect to what Wesley Snipes brought to this. Mm -hmm. We talked about in Blade 2. You come to Blade for Blade. Blade 2, you had all these additional characters. You had the vampire squad that was with him that diluted Blade himself and added to it. And this is just a continuation of a trend from Blade 2. Right. The difference between Blade 2 and Blade Trinity, however, is that Guillermo del Toro, who directed Blade 2, is such an accomplished seasoned director Mm -hmm. with a unique vision of his own that you still get something really good. And again, we are documented saying this. Blade 2 works as a Guillermo del Toro film. Right. More than it does a Blade film. Right, exactly. In contrast, after going through two directors, they end up with David Goyer, who wrote the script, the screenplay for Mm -hmm. all three Blade films. But he's a writer. This is the second film that he directed. As of this taping, he's only directed four films. Right. In his career. He's not a director. So he can't get over the hump of, again, this philosophical difference, or in my mind, this philosophical misunderstanding of what makes Blade work, which is Wesley Snipes. You don't get less Wesley Snipes Mm -hmm. and think you're going to come up with a good product. Then there are the extra players that they put in here. We talked about Jessica Biel before the, 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 before the review. God bless Jessica Biel. I'm sure she's a, a wonderful woman. She adds nothing to this film. Like everything about her character as Whistler's, Whistler, who of course, Chris Christopherson's character, who has been Blade's partner and surrogate father 
throughout the earlier two installments mm -hmm. whose own backstory textually is that his family was murdered by vampires, yeah. which is why he is now in the vampire hunting business. Well, lo and behold, at some point during this time that he and Blade have worked together side by side every day against in this holy war, he had time to have a baby somewhere over on the side who then grew up to be sexy Jessica Beale, who then she's a sexy vampire hunter. Not only is she a sexy vampire hunter, but she's a with it, cool vampire hunter who, when she vampire hunts, she takes out her iPod, which is cutting edge technology because it's 2004. And she downloads MP3s to put on her iPod so that she has playlists yes. while she's hunting. One of the most unintentionally hilarious moments in this film to me towards the end, of course, you're you're, you're going towards the conclusion mm -hmm. and you get the weapon porn that yeah. you get. And Blade, of course, has these beautiful swords and and, you know, these these kind of projectiles that he throws and and he's and he's got his guns and and it and, and the two of them are getting ready. Mm -hmm. and there it's interspersed the two of them getting ready and they're getting their equipment ready and blade has his swords and his guns and then she has to pick out a sexy midriff to put on because that's what all the sexy vampire hunters wear and then it shows her very um dramatically putting in her earbuds yes so does she so jessica beale is is her, her performance is terrible <laughs> her performance is terrible it's a waste of time i think the the, the I, I think just historically this is a post Buffy the Vampire Slayer production. They were going, I think they were going for a Buffy energy, maybe mm. with her that just does not land at all. Um, Ryan Reynolds, who we all know now is a wise cracking Ryan Reynolds, and he's a star. He's stuck in here as Hannibal King, who is a character from the Dracula and Blade mythos. But, you, you know, it's just, it's just irritating and out of place. And he's doing the Ryan Reynolds stuff where he's wisecracking and, 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 and you can tell the film is trying to situate them. Like, quite honestly, you felt like it was a backdoor pilot. Well, yeah. Like, this felt like an episode from a television show in the fifth season of the television show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then they kind of have this backdoor pilot where the main characters are only tangentially connected yes. to the action. Yes. The plot is way overstuffed. Yeah. There's way too much going on in here. And I think David Goyer is a good writer, but I think just doing all of these different things, you could see how the writing suffers mm -hmm. you can see how the story beats suffer <clears throat> so that you end up with this mess of a film now what really angers me about it there are a few good ideas in here mm -hmm. it's way overstuffed any of the three things that i'm about to say Perhaps two of them could have been in this film. Best case scenario, one of these things could be in this film. The plot about the vampires setting Blade up, 
and and they 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 frame not they don't frame him but they set him up he murders a familiar and then they videotape it and then humanity kind of gets uh get gets wind mm-hmm. of blade and now he has a deal with that that's a good idea yeah. like that's actually a good idea and 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 not for nothing you have the opportunity to play up what I thought was one of the smarter aspects of the original blade, where maybe this is a philosophical difference among the vampires where the old school has liked to operate in secret. Right. Whereas Parker Posey representing the new school is like, we can use this against him. Mm -hmm. But of course it's very clumsily handled. It's never really explored in any real nuanced way. This whole idea of a blood bank of humans made up of homeless people is frankly something that we touched on, speaking of vampire movies, when we talked about Blackula. This notion of if you were actually a vampire, like if you were actually a vampire and you had to like the logistics of being a vampire in the modern world, Mm -hmm. it would make sense to hunt homeless people. Yes. And kidnap homeless people yes. and said it's very it's very like it's a real matrixy idea. Mm-hmm. Like you can very much see the again, like 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 you can see the influences of these outside properties on here. But it's a good idea. And there's a, one quick moment where the familiar who is telling Blade about this blood bank made of homeless people. He says, you know, in a lot of ways, we're doing the city a favor. Because these are the people that no one wants. Yeah, and it's like, well, there's, there's, there, like this is this is a film right here. Like here's the commentary right here. Dracula, <laughs> as this age old predator who wakes up in the modern world, and now has to deal with becoming basically a punchline. There's something there, but once again, say it with me. It's not explored. It's not dealt with that well. God bless Dominic Purcell. Purcell. Did you watch um, Legends of Tomorrow? No, not Legends of Tomorrow. Prison Break. No, I knew. I do know he was in Prison Break. I really enjoyed him on Prison Break. Yeah, he's not the. the, This is not a strong performance. Yeah, from him, he absolutely has zero charisma. Yeah, and for him to be Dracula. It's total. I mean, it's, it's not really that good. Ryan Reynolds, you know, I have to say, I, I am in the a little Ryan Reynolds goes a long way camp. Mm-hmm. Like, I like him in them Deadpool movies, but like when Deadpool is finished, I don't really need more. I don't really need more Ryan Reynolds, but I understand the Ryan Reynolds. Like, I understand Ryan Reynolds, and even in this film, you can't you understand why someone would want to put their ten dollars and bet on Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah, most certainly. Parker Posey makes everything better. Parker Posey is Parker. Joy. She makes everything better, and in this dog of a movie, my few actual moments of chuckling and enjoyment come from Parker Posey. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where Parker Posey and Ryan Reynolds are together, and if you read interviews with Ryan Reynolds about this film, he says that there must be hours of footage 
because he and Parker Posey just bounced off each other. Yeah. And, and it is the most energetic moment in the film. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they haven't worked together. Maybe they have worked together and I don't know about it, but that two minutes I said, Oh, well, see, this is what I want to see right here. Right. But it's, it's, it's a terrible, and it's, it's a shame that this is the capstone of the blade trilogy but i'm i'm going to say it again i'm I'm going to start i'm going to end where i kind of started my deviation from the 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 sort of consensus mm-hmm. i don't think blade three is an anomaly i think blade three continues a a a, a thread that started mm-hmm. with blade two which if when we move into the behind the scenes stuff if Wesley Snipes was frustrated, if Wesley Snipes was angry about the way this all unfolded, I completely understand because, again, there is a level of disrespect baked into this thing mm-hmm. that is that 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 that, that is terrible. Mm. I OK. I hate this movie. OK, it, 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 it's not a good movie at all. Um, there are aspects of it, like Ryan Reynolds, I, I agree with you, a little goes a long way. I recognize that this is early in his and Jessica Biel's career, so I give them both a little bit of a pass for that, Um, you know, because they, they're just doing a job and they're trying to make the most of it, and reports are that they got along on the set, and, and it was all good, Um, but I don't, I think Ryan Reynolds' comes off as trying too hard mm-hmm. in this movie. I know I do understand that he did do a lot of ad-libs. It's a, a, most of his dialogue is ad-libbed um, with Wesley when they are in scenes together. We'll get to that later. Um, but I think he's trying too hard, but it's, he could also, who knows, be trying too hard because of whatever's going on set, and he's trying to offset for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessica Biel, I'm not like a huge Jessica Biel fan. I'm not going to defend her one way or the other, but I just recognize this early in her career. And so it's like, it, it is what it is. Um, her walking around in the untactical wear that she, and to to be fair, Ryan Reynolds wear, um, is par for the course in these type of movies, especially when you're trying to build up the sex appeal of these people you're trying to move on to a... Um, sequel. I just think it's very interesting that they, her and Ryan Reynolds are running around mostly in tank tops or midriffs while Wesley Snipes, who <laughs> is at least from the first two films like almost a chiseled Adonis mm-hmm. in those two films, Wesley Snipes is running around in a puffed <laughs> black car hat jacket <laughs> With a vest on top of it, I think it's a fleece. Well, I thought maybe it was chilly. No, it's, well, it's not fleece. It's yeah, definitely like, it was like, like puffy. And, it's like puffy, and, and then he's got a vest, yeah, a vest over it, o- over it. Yeah, dress in layers and gloves, and gl- maybe he's camping. He's got to dress in layers. That's that's the secret. Yeah, you capture heat between the layers. I'm like, what is what is happening with Wesley? Wesley, <laughs> Wesley is like these. It, like the budget for the wardrobe went way down. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I guess it all went to them. Um, I thought maybe he didn't want to have all the tattoos. 
So he just, that he had out in the first two movies. Yeah, well now I'm just. Oh, wear, so he don't want to wear long sleeves and like I'm not gonna yeah. sit and make up and have them. Y'all can tattoo that finger. Right. That's all exactly. y'all get. That finger. He had a little in bit the sticking out <laughs> right. in the back of the like neck. You got two inches sticking out. Yeah. I need my shirts to come here. Right. Right. Because like, that's all. Had like a red mini mock. Yeah, yeah. Then it was a it was a red, red mini mock, mock right. turtle. <laughs> I thought like. I thought like Guy and Rex and Effects were performing later that night. <laughs> I was looking for Star Trek bits. Yeah, okay. Um, it's like so. I was like, what, what is happening with with Wesley? Yeah. Um, so it's very formulaic. I think the movie you said it's overstuffed. It is so overstuffed mm-hmm. because Wesley, like we're talking about Jessica Biel and and Ryan Reynolds, but Blade runs into his own group. Because it's Jessica Biel, Ryan Reynolds, and then there's, for what I believe, an unnamed black guy who yes. them, who's their driver. Yeah, 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 for yeah. For one scene. Yeah. There's Patton Oswald, who yeah. seems to be like their their equipment weapons guy. Right. For was is he in three scenes? He's like in maybe three scenes. Yeah. And then there's That's a blind woman who has a daughter <laughs> who has a kid. She has a why does she have a kid running around with them. <laughs> right. Like that's. Like nobody sees there's nothing wrong with this. How terrible is the father of your child that keeping your kid with you as y'all hunt vampires? Hunt vampires is better than leaving her with the father. From from this dilapidated warehouse that y'all apparently live in. <laughs> down on the docks. Uh, down on the docks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the, what the? Where is Child Protective Services? So he's got this whole crew, and because he's got a whole crew of himself, the crew that's chasing him, they leave the movie for like about 20, 25 minutes. I forgot that they were chasing him. And then when we return to them, oh, that's right. They're chasing Blake. Oh, yeah. And they found some vampire at the beginning of the movie. What's going on with that? By the way, that was Dracula. By the way, <laughs> hi Dracula. But now we call him Drake. <laughs> I feel like that was a copyright thing. Y'all can say Dracula once <laughs> every twenty-five minutes in the movie. Well, what are we gonna call him the rest of the time? You can call him Drake. You can call him Drake. <laughs> now they call him Drake. Who calls him Drake? <laughs> You just found them 15 minutes ago. Wait a minute. And then, like, Ryan Reynolds, Hannibal King, goes through this whole backstory. Nobody knows the real story. But what we do know. And then he gets the whole thing. And then he tells you this. The script is not strong. (laughs) Nobody knows what really happened. But once upon a time in a cabin. (laughs) I have a PowerPoint that I'm going to go through with you. Like, what the hell? Yeah. He yeah. went by many names. Drake. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Lived with a family with a Frankenstein. <laughs> a lady Dracula. But they had a dust up and fought each other in 1971. Right. 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 Oh, my God. When he was on hiatus from Welcome Back, Cotter. <sighs> I mean, like this movie, like this, like yo, man, this movie is just bad. It is, it is just bad. It's formulated. David Goyer, who has written some very 
iffy movies in the past. Uh, he was he's um, the writer of uh, Man of Steel, mm-hmm. which which I contend is not necessarily bad, but that's because he's got Christopher Nolan and mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan's brother who's there helping him. Right. But then David Goyer writes um, uh, Batman versus Superman. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, but didn't he write the Chris Nolan trilogy? The, didn't he write the Batman trilogy? He did write the, he did write the, yeah. the Batman trilogy, but again, he's working with Christopher Nolan and his brother. And and, they, and, and when, he, anytime you look at mm-hmm. anything that's good that David Goyer has written, he's co-writing it. Interesting. Because even when he wrote in the comics, his most famous thing and probably the most well-received comic books work was when he worked on uh, JSA, mm-hmm. and he wrote that in tandem with first James Robinson and, and then, then Jeff with Jones. Jeff Johns. Yeah, Jeff, yeah. So he's it's only when he's in partnership that he kind of good. Here he's left to his own devices. Yeah. Right? And the proof is in the pudding. There are scenes that... There's, there's a scene Wesley Snipes is in prison and he's he's shackled. Yes. Right. And and he gets his phone, he gets this the serum and he's able to break out of the shackles. And you see Wesley Snipes slow motion break out of the shackles. Or I should say, you hear him break out of the shackles mm. because you hear the shackles break. You hear Wesley Snipes give his like famous, like kind of like roar of of blade is like empowered. Mm-hmm. You don't see it on the camera look because the camera doesn't know where to look it's all over the place look. it's every place but there yeah and and that is indicative of him not not knowing how to shoot action not knowing how to um direct scenes not knowing how to direct his actors now there is Apparently, reportedly, there are things that hampered him, um, and it gets to the background. You know the 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 infamous history of Blade Trinity, and that Wesley Snipes, who we should note, is an executive producer on this film. Now, I know executive producer many times is just a title, but he's still a producer on this film. <laughs> He did not like the choice of David Goyer as a writer. He did not like the choice. Of, he didn't like the script. He didn't. And he certainly didn't like him. He built the damn thing. I, 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 he like he built like Blade. To be the director. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't like that. He didn't like it at no, all. No, I mean Wesley Snipes. No, 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 no. I just built that. Blade. He he built he built this. this it, it is a thing because of him. Right? Yes. I recognize that. I do recognize that. In his protest, apparently, yes, against the things that he did not like about this film, he didn't, didn't like it being stuffed with all these the night stalkers, yes, because he took away from the relationship between him and Whistler, yes, Chris, Chris Christopherson, who basically leaves the movie <laughs> uh, uh, within the first 10 minutes and then inexplicably comes back at the end and i don't if they ever really explained it they don't it, it's make, it's not explained at all okay i, I thought it so. was dracula shape shape shifted for a while i thought it was too and maybe it was but, but they never make that they never clear. make it clear whether or not it's him right um so so he thinks that that's overstuffed and I, and i can i can contend with that i can believe that so in his protest of this film of of that he then and he acknowledges it 
more or less cuts off all communication with David Goyer. Yes. He is only com- communicating with the, the director via post-it notes. Yes. And he, for the most part, it is told, is only showing up, up on set for close-ups or scenes that he has to be in. Right. It then becomes a contractual. Right. Because because he's, you know. he's got to do it. You know why I'm here. Right. Yeah. Um, Which brings me to my first statistic. Okay. Because reportedly, a lot of the scenes that you see with Blade um, with other actors, Mm -hmm. Wesley Snipes is not there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Now, we're not talking about there's times, of course, where there's stunt doubles that that, uh, sit in for him. Not often, but there are times. But just like literally scenes where Blade is talking one-on-one to person, and if that person is looking at the camera and like the camera's looking over Blade's shoulder or Blade is in profile in that in that shot, it's not Blade. Right. And from my count, I came up with at least 15 scenes mm-hmm. that I could, I am 95% certain that's not Wesley Snipes. Right. That's a lot. Yeah, that is a whole lot. Because part of me was like, okay, is that like, you know, is it like maybe four or five scenes? 15 scenes is a lot. Look, like you said, there he 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 was in active protest mm-hmm. against this film. Yeah. And I think that part is not up for debate. Mm-hmm. And like you said, all parties agree on that. I think what is not been agreed on is a how far that protest went. B whether or not he was justified to have the level of protest that he did. Well, I think the fact that that, that there are at least fifteen scenes where there is a, a someone else mm-hmm. playing Blade in there. That seems to jibe with a lot of what I've what I've read. Now, Patton Oswald says like he would only be referred to as Blade on, right. on the set. Right. Um, Ryan Reynolds and David Goyer both say that there were times when he was not giving anything to like like to his fellow actors. Yes, which is why Ryan, Ryan Reynolds just went ham right with the with the ad libs. And if you watch the film, a lot of that feels true because it feels like it's on the screen. Right. But but here's the thing. And 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 Wesley Snipes says this to a certain extent. It's justified. Okay. Like again, I we use these terms and and even you know Wesley Snipes says, you know, I was executive producer and I felt like some people didn't respect that and like that's all like that's the quote. Mm-hmm. But before Wesley Snipes there was nothing. Yeah. Famously- and then there was something because of Wesley Snipes. Yeah, famously, this is the first movie of the trilogy that begins with the Marvel like right. banner in the begin at the top. I'm not even talking about his place in in the construction of the House of Marvel. Mm-hmm. I mean, just with Blade. Yeah, right. Before Wesley Snipes, there was nothing like he built this. 
And again, after the first movie, I, 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 I'm going to keep saying what I keep, what I said, there is a pattern of people coming in and showing this base level of disrespect for what Wesley Snipes did. God bless David Goyer and David Goyer wrote the script. And we, again, we, we talked about, we, we talked about all this. He writes the script for Blade. Everyone acknowledges that Wesley Snipes added a lot of the story and a lot of the mythology to Blade in the in the first film, akin to speak. We were speaking of Blackula mm-hmm. earlier, akin to what William Marshall brought to the that, movie Blackula. Yeah, the look, the feel, the cool, everything was Wesley Snipes. Yes, for the powers that be. To not give Wesley Snipes as much as as much say in the production of the third film in a very successful trilogy, mm-hmm. I, I I I I want to come out of my trailer either. Like I do, you know, I'm gonna do what I'm getting paid to do. I'm gonna do, it, but but like, what what you want from me? And then as the years have gone by, and I make this mistake at the end of Blade 2, of our review of Blade 2. You actually correct me. I was listening to both of them last week. And the narrative that has come out, that Wesley Snipes was out of control, and Wesley Snipes was terrible, and this, that, and the other. And I talked about listening to all the interviews with everybody. But when you actually do the research, Mm -hmm. Ryan Reynolds, David Goyer, are very political in their critique. They say it was a very difficult set. They said no one was really happy with everything that 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 ended up on the screen. You know, it's all real kind of Hollywood double talky mm-hmm. with the both of them. The only one who really talks crazy and is like, oh, Wesley Snipes was making people call him Blade and he called Ron Reynolds a cracker and this, that, and the other is Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Who's in three scenes. <laughs> Like, how much were you on the set, dog? So, you know. So you're calling, you're calling, you're dubious of his account. So that's what's going on. Is that what you're saying? Wesley Snipes said, and, and I'm just trying to go by what people have said in actual interviews. If me as a big muscle black man had strangled David Goyer on set. Which is what Patton Oswalt The way Patton, asked, Patton Oswalt has said they would have locked me up. Now, I, I wasn't on the set. I don't know the Hollywood hoodoo voodoo, but it does seem true to me that if Wesley Snipes had been walling out strangling people, mm-hmm. there'd have been a bit more made out of it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Than Patton Oswalt on podcasts telling funny stories. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly believe that, especially now years down the line, he's... He, it's getting played up, you know. Right. Like he's somewhere calling Ron Reynolds a cracker three and four times and this, that, and the other suit. But like people heard it. I feel like there'd have been a bit more mm-hmm. of that if that actually happened the way that the only person saying it, Patton Oswald, said it was happening. Right. No. I hear you. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. There is um I do believe that, that you're right. There is a level of disrespect that is is thrown to Wesley Snipes on this. Um, there is part of me that maybe just in what I believe Wesley Snipes' character to be, because I don't know the man. Right. 
Um, there is a part of me that feels like, like, like to hear Wesley Snipes say it, to hear him tell it, nothing of what he wanted for Blade Trinity did he get. Right. And I find it a little hard to believe that Wesley Snipes, the man, doesn't get something. Like, he can't make you at least give me something. Dog, I hear you, but again, Blade 2 is a Guillermo del Toro film. Like, Blade 2 is a Blade film, frankly, that you can take Blade out. And it's damn near the same film. True. So, uh, this is not an anomaly. After Blade 1, I feel like he was getting boxed out. Well... I don't know. I, I I I still don't necessarily think it's boxed out so much. Um, in that, like it, the Blade Two was just a, a weird kind of story. But as the common denominator is, and being th- that connects all three films, and being the lead, and being a Hollywood star at the time, legit. Yes, I just I find it hard to believe that w- whatever his list of wants. They say no to everything. Obviously, they did. I was about to say, well, how do you explain this then? If they didn't say no to everything, I don't know. I I question. Sometimes there's a part of me that questions how hard did he fight. Mm-hmm. That that's at the end of the day. I'm not saying he didn't fight. I'm not saying that at all. But like his checks the same because he is a producer. Yeah, yeah. So is so like I how- noticed Amin Ra actually pops up before. Right. Anybody else. Exactly. Yeah. So like like how hard did he really fight for and how much did he say, Oh man, this is like I right, I'm just let me just go cash this check. Right. You know? And because it's very easy in that situation then to be, do twenty twenty and like, yeah, they wouldn't like give me this and they wouldn't give me that and you know, play lip service to that. But like were you really fighting it or did you just really like I mean, again, just going by what we know. Well, what we've read. Anything. No, no, no. What we know. Like, mm-hmm. it went through two directors before it landed with David Goyer. Yeah. You don't You don't think Wesley Snipes would have... You don't think he suggested any director in, in the midst of any of that? I, you, would, you would think so, but I don't know. I don't know. It, it doesn't sound like he... He did, at least not the from the readings that I've that I've found. But uh, you know, what it is? Would you recommend that people see Blade Trinity? I would not. I would not recommend that people see see Blade Trinity. I, I think it's it is very much a terrible film. Mm-hmm. I think the the phenomenon around Blade Trinity is fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah, because I do think it it reveals, and and I'm not saying that Patton Oswalt is a racist. Let me just start there, mm-hmm. but I do think the narrative that has built over the years around this film is very much a reflection of the type of racism that exists, where we always think the worst of black actors, that we always sort of 
buy into these narratives about the prima donna act the prima donna black act it it always makes me think of 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 the the reputation that followed eddie murphy for years Mm. and appropriately enough i i I think i have changed my opinion of wesley snipes oh really based on wesley snipes working with eddie murphy in both dolomite is my name Mm -hmm. and coming to america and just seeing him in interviews and and seeing how he's navigated that space and wondering how much of the wesley snipes reputation has been based on Patton oswalt type commentary that we've just sort of taken at face value but the film itself, no. And yourself? Well, no, I would not recommend uh, Blade Trinity at all. Um, I don't think you, you are missing anything. Even if you're a fan of Ryan Reynolds, you, you don't need to see this. No. Um, you don't need to see this movie at all. Um, it's just not a good film. It's just a forgettable film. Um, and if we weren't reviewing it tonight, Dominic Purcell would have topped Grandpa Al Lewis in <laughs> in the, the number one spot in the Lacula performances. He's he's not he's he's not a strong yeah yeah because at least Grandpa Al Lewis looks like a Sam Dracula. Dominic Purcell doesn't look like a Drake. I don't understand a lot of the casting in this film. No, well, I mean, that's really the only casting I don't understand. Like, there's two, it's too stuffed, but I mean, people seem to fit their roles and like what roles they're given. Like mm-hmm. I said, Patton Oswald and the other, that black guy, they're not really d- doing anything. They're just cannon fodder, you know? Parker Posey is having a ball. Yeah. So I enjoy seeing her. Like, honestly, only really all you needed was Parker Posey and Triple H. Like, there's some guy that plays her brother. We don't care. Yeah. We don't care. He doesn't even get a moment at all in the freaking movie. You know, the whole, the, the pooching of the Night Stalkers just <laughs> bothered me to no end. <laughs> all right. So that's our review of Blade Trinity, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, not only do we have a long awaited film coming your way next week. Yes, sir. It is a very special double feature <laughs> review. Oh, boy. It is. It is. But before we do, we do that, uh, this week, this show will be available come the morn for your download stream and pleasure as a podcast, as always, as well as this week's previously on the mission. And I dug deep in the crates for this one. I went back to episode 40. Mm. This is not only a movie that people talk about in hallowed halls as far as Halloween Afro-American horror. But this is a review that is near and very dear to Vincent's heart. I am talking about our review from episode 40, which was in the first year of our show, of Tales from the Hood. (laughs) with a very special guest Ashley Blackwell from Graveyard Shift Sister yeah oh yeah oh yeah yes that 
will be waiting for you. All right. On our podcast feed this week, previously on the Michelle Mission. Um, before we tell you about the movie that we're going to movies that we're going to be reviewing next week, I invite you to check out the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. Go to MichelleMission.com and check out all of the cool swag that we have available for your down for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at T Public. You have a thought about the Michelle Mission? You want to talk to Vince or I? Please hit us up. Send us an email. M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. That's Michelle Mission at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail, 215-867-9666, and tell Vincent and Len what is on your mind. Follow the Michelle Mission on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Michelle Mission. Subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube. Check us out on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. Vincent, while you are away, we... Uh-oh. Got our 500th subscriber on YouTube. Nice. Look at yes. that. Onward and upward. Onward and upward. To 510. <laughs> and if you really uh, like the Michelle Mission, please help us out any way you can, but especially give us five stars and a review on the podcast catcher of your choice, but especially if it's on Apple Podcasts, because we're trying to get to 200 reviews by the end of the year. Um, trust me, the reviews help people find us in that almighty algorithm. The almighty algorithm. And we actually have some programming um, reasons why we want to reach 200 reviews. So please uh, help us do that. And don't forget the Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. We make podcasts work. Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. What else we got, we got for you? Next week on the Michelle Mission. Yes. We are first taking a trip to 1912. <laughs> 1912. 1912, Vincent, uh, where we will be reviewing a short film, but it is considered one of the earliest films that is still available mm -hmm. to feature an all-black cast. Okay. And not only that, I have learned, this film was directed by a woman. Oh, very nice. From 1912, it is A Fool and His Money. A Fool and His Money. That is what we will be reviewing uh, next week. It is only a short film. It's only 10 minutes long. So doesn't that... take long for them to get separated. So, Well, it's a silent yeah. 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 It's a silent film, and it plans to be a lot of fun. Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But because this film kind of deals with a fool and his money, a little bit about like con artists. Uh -uh. I wanted to look at a movie that deals really with con artists. Mm -hmm. And fans out there, missionaries out there know that I am a huge fan of the TCM podcast, The Plot Thickens, which in November is going to be debuting their fourth season, which is going to be all focused around Pam Greer. Yes, sir. So... I thought it was high time for us to do unarguably the best Pam Greer movie 
ever. Yeah. From 1997. Yes, sir. Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. Mm. Looking forward to this. Next week here, November 1st, 7 p.m. Look at Pam Greer. On the Me Show mission, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this will be very, very good. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Can't wait. Until then, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again.